Well, I like to call this the pre-party section. Oh, okay. <laughs> so rapid fire questions. I gave her free reign, so let's go with it, girl. Yeah. Okay. Pre-party? Yeah. Okay, tailgating pre-party. Pre-party. Then we're gonna go into the party and then the after party. Oh. <laughs> after what's the song? After party. Yeah, oh, I love okay. that oh. song. Oh. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome, girls, to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Hey gals and welcome back to a really fun episode of The Get Up Girl. Welcome to my first interview. I'm going to be going to three shows a week now. I'm excited because I've been doing two shows for the past two to three months, and now we're going to go to three shows a week. And one of the shows is going to be an interview. I'm going to be interviewing gals of how they get back up after adversity and their comeback story, and a few guys in there too. Here's the cool thing. The first interview is actually the tables are turned and my gal, Salome Valdez, she interviews me. I thought that would be kind of cool for the first one to kick it off and to pop that cherry. And so here's a little backstory, a little context of this interview. I didn't know any of the questions. So I told Salome, look, I give you full reins. I trust you. Think of all the questions. Let's just sit in front of the mic and let's record a part one and a part two. This is part one. Part one is all about entrepreneurship and it's kind of broad. I wanted her to ask me questions of what she wanted to know. And I said, ask me if we were just sitting having coffee. And so that's part one. Part two is going to be next week. And that's going to be about me, just about me as a person and what makes me tick and what makes me be the get up girl. And coming from Salome, from somebody that works with me, she's on my team. I've known her for many, many, many years. So it's coming from that perspective as well and things that she didn't know about me and asking me questions and also putting herself in your shoes, the things that she thought you would want to know. Here you go, part one, and then please tune into part two. And I would love to hear what you think about this show and, uh, I went live as well on my Instagram with this, and I'm going to keep doing lives on all of the interviews, which will be really fun and cool. So here you go. Part one of the interview with the tables turned with me and Salome. Check, check. Check, check. Awesome. The tables are turned today. We're in the studio and... This is the first interview ever on the Get Up Girl podcast. And my gal, Salome Valdez, I have known her for a long time. 20 years. 20 years. And when I was five years old, we met, right? <laughs> I have asked her to be my first guest. However, the tables are turned. But I'll interview her later on another show. But today she's going to interview me. Here's the preface. I don't know the questions. And we're going to be talking about Two things. There's going to be a part two to this. First thing is about entrepreneurship, and she's going to be asking me questions, and I told her to make them juicy. And the second part is going to be me as a person. And I'm really excited. I'm like chomping at the bit to do this, and we're in the studio today. I'm also going live. Hey, Jay, what's up? And uh, so we're going to go right into it. Salome, how are you? And welcome. Oh, I am so excited to do this. When I was making up the questions, I was very excited because I thought, okay, what do I want to know about Joanna too, even though I've known her for 20 years? And I also thought, okay, what would other people want to know about Joanna? So I had so much fun making this stuff up. Yeah. How are you, by the way? You know what? I'm pretty good. On paper, it probably does not look good, but I'm actually pretty good. You know what I mean? Even getting frazzled before this show right now. The underlining theme, I'm good. Uh, can it be better? Yes. And getting there. So, and I want to thank you for doing this. 
being my first person because we're going to be doing more interviews and then we'll, we'll keep turning the tables vice versa. Let's go. Let's jump into yeah. it. All right. Well, I like to call this the pre-party section. Oh, okay. <laughs> so rapid fire questions. I gave her free reign. So let's go with it, girl. Yeah. Okay. Pre-party? Yeah. Okay. Tailgating pre-party. Go pre-party. Then we're going to go into the party and then the after party. Oh. <laughs> after pa- What's the song? After party. Oh, yeah, I love okay. that oh. song. Oh. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's start with the pre-party questions, which are more rapid fire. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Alhambra, California. Okay. Describe your business in one word, meaning I know you have a lot of businesses, but JV Empire in one word. Real. Mm, mm, I agree. And last question of the pre-party. What's your favorite Get Up Girl song? Kesha, Learn to Let Go. Her Rainbow album is phenomenal. Okay, if anybody hasn't heard her album, Rainbow, 2017, Learn to Let Go. The lyrics can live on its own and be a poem. It's really good. Mm, okay, I love it. Let's go into our party questions. Sure. That's it? That was a quick pre-party. Yeah. Ah, one margarita, yes, none Let me tell you, let me tell you, because the party <laughs> is going to be a long one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because Joanna and I can go into conversations forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was smart about this. <laughs> you know. You know. All right. Share a morning habit that helps you start your day. I want you to get into detail. One. Uh, one morning habit that helps me get into the day. Dang. You know what? I got to go with drinking water. Whenever somebody tells me, you know, it's so hard for me to get up in the morning and I feel groggy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if you got up and drank water right away, I promise you, it's like spinach for Popeye. There's something that happens when you drink water. You just kind of like wake up. Uh, water is life. Most of the planet is made up of water. So when you replenish from sleeping, all that, uh, plus it helps the bowels move. Let's get real girls. And that that's the first thing. Okay. Now give us your morning routine. I wake up at 5 a.m. seven days a week. So even on the weekends. Okay. And this is not an, a quick thing that has happened. This is 20 years in the making. And then I drink water. I then sit on my couch and I will do social media. The reason for this is because I don't have time throughout the rest of the day. So I will set like posts for all the businesses. I do that for 20 minutes. Then I will read 10 pages and then I will go right into the computer and I will do email marketing, things where I need to be creative because I am the most creative in the morning. So know when your creativity is. I work well. I can shoot off a like a blog email at 530 in the morning. And then I will put on my workout clothes or whatever. And then I will go for a walk 45 minutes. And then I will shoot a video while I'm walking. And then I will meditate in the walk or when I come home. And then when I come home, it's different every time, depending on the day when I come home. But that right there is two hours. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I do that every day. Uh, usually my morning routine is four hours. So then when I come home, there's still more two hours of maybe some more work. Maybe there's a yoga class. Uh, this is also including me taking a shower, putting on my makeup, things of that nature. And also, I also plan when I take showers and wash my hair. There's certain days when I do that. Would you say that your morning routine is more to prepare for anything that has to do with your business or more like your self-development? Both. Okay. Both, but they're intertwined. They're the same. And I, when I see entrepreneurs, decompartmentalizing them, I think that's when it doesn't work. The core values for my business are the same for my life. And I think I know clients and staff can feel that when you're one way in your business and then in your other in your life. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're you're all of it. And uh, so I want to live and be what I say, live fully. And for what I tell my clients, I guess, to be and do. Okay, great. Let's move on to the next question. 
Tell us your journey as an entrepreneur leading up to today. What was the first business you started? Any, like even if you were a teenager, when was the first business you started? Okay, actual first business was a lemonade stand. I think I was seven or eight years old with my sister. So she must have been six. And I took it seriously. It was a serious business. Uh, we made the lemonade. I wanted to stand out as like the lemonade stand. And I remember thinking we lived across the street from a courthouse. So the courthouse was always packed. We lived by a high school. So I took advantage of that. And we did it not on a weekend. We did it during the week, during primetime hours. Like these are all the things I'm thinking about at eight years old going, oh no, we're not gonna do it on Saturday. Why? There's nobody here. There's no foot traffic. We're gonna do this on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. And we're gonna sell it for five cents. And the behind the scenes was the the idea was we're going to sell little cups. The cups were one ounce cups, the kind of cups where you use to do a mouthwash. Mm -hmm. That's how tiny they were. And then, but I was like, how are we going to stand out? Uh, so we can sell less and do more lemonade and I'm going to, we're going to do straws. So I bought straws and we cut them in thirds. So each straw, you know, just needed to be short. And then we got lemons and we sliced them and put them on top of the cup and we sold that for five cents. But I knew at seven years old that if I said five cents, they'd give us a dollar or they'd give us 50 cents. Mm -hmm. But if I said 25 cents, they'd give us a quarter. But if we say five cents, then at least we'll get a quarter. I mean, I don't think anybody gave us five cents. And, but most people, a dollar, uh, at least a dollar or 50 cents. And that day, I remember we grossed $8. Okay, and eight, eight years old, $8 was like a lot. And, but I didn't understand. I wish at that time somebody would have taught me what profit and what revenue was. Because I remember coming back and we're like, mom, mom, we made $8. And she laughed. But I didn't understand what she laughed. Because what she was laughing about was I just spent $12 on the lemonade stuff. But, you know, she just bought it for us. But I wish I would have liked if she sat down and said, look, Joanna, let's do a little P&L. Right. Mm -hmm. I spent 12. You did eight. So what are we going to change next time so that you can have a profit with that? But people don't understand when you hear people say this person made $200,000 on Instagram, but are they saying what the profit is? That's revenue. That's completely different. How much did they spend in Instagram ads? How much did they have to spend for their staff? Their profit might've been 25 K, but the revenue was 200 K. So don't let that misconstrue your conception about entrepreneurship. Cause that's why I don't like to share money sometimes cause people don't get it. So then they think you have a lot of money. Revenue is not profit. So that's the first lesson and business I had at, uh, you know, seven or eight years old. And then from there, I was always a hustler, always selling something. I was selling avocados when I was a young girl, like house to house, um, learning how to talk to people, learning how, even though I was a very shy kid, I was just learning how to get out there. I would sell candies at school, things like that. But then after high school, you know, honestly, I can't even remember like the first real business because I had so many. And I was thinking about the other day, I'm going to do an Instagram post on, I'm going to really try to remember every business I've ever started. I mean, I started a jewelry line one time, like just making jewelry and like selling it at like, like my friend's place or whatever. I don't know. I was doing network marketing. I was selling insurance. I mean, you name it. I just tried it. Right. And then, but the actual first business was the Michael Jackson concert dance show honoring him called the King of Pop. And I think I was 20 or 21 years old when I started that. And all the money I had saved, I probably invested $5,000 in that show. So at 19 or 20 years old to invest $5,000 and gamble that and rent the venue. And I lost money on that, but I learned so much. And I look back and go, Oh my gosh, that was a just a crap show. It was awful. <laughs> just that whole event. The day of the event, I went to my dance instructor, which you know, Jan Crawford, and I borrowed her tape deck that the day of the show. I'm like, can we borrow your tape deck? Cause I need to run the music. I mean, this was so unprofessional. So I'm now taking the tape deck. I'm running the music at the show. And it, I remember I had Jason Wright, you know, J Jason Wright, yeah, yeah, famous yeah. choreographer and dancer. And he was a Michael Jackson impersonator in the show. So I hired him to be in the show. And the whole time he's just bitching and complaining that everything was so unprofessional. And he was right. It was so bad. It was embarrassing. Just a whole crap storm. 
everything happening, the lights were off. And I still kept going after that. It was so bad, but I had to learn. And that's why I always like to say, your first time's going to suck. It's going to suck. And the second time's going to suck a little less. And the third time's going to suck less than the second time. And the fourth time's going to suck less than the third time. My first one was embarrassing. So, so bad. Last thing about that. I hired this guy to do the video. No joke. When I got the video back, it was seriously like the Blair Witch Project. Remember that movie mm -hmm. where the camera's just walking around? That's how we recorded our video. It was just so bad. But yeah, that was my first real uh, business after that. And I mean, then, first one. And then as far as your actual official business, was it JB? Yeah, I guess official. Yeah. No, I would say official. Then after that was maxed out. Okay. So after the King of Pop... I realized that I actually liked putting on events, even though on paper it looked horrible, moved it and changed it to maxed out. And then four years after maxed out was running, then I created JV Dance Center. So I'm going to, let's say the first brick and mortar business. Now, when you first started JV Dance, what was the first thought in your head? Like I, what was the first thought in your head? Like as far as uh, was it something that inspired you to do that? Like what inspired you to open up your own dance studio? When I was 11 years old, I was watching Paula Abdul on my living room floor on the American Music Awards mm -hmm. and she was performing and I got a download. That was my first awareness of the intuition that I had of the downloads that I had, the ability to, to communicate with another side. Mm -hmm. That was the first, I didn't know how to articulate it at that moment. Yet I knew when I saw her, it was instantaneously a moment of, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I literally said, I'm going to do that when I grow up. Now, I was already dancing by that point, but I didn't think I was going to do that as a career. Watching her, I said, I'm going to own a dance studio. What did Paula Abdul at the American Music Awards have to do with the dance studio? Nothing. Yet I heard a, a voice say, you're going to own a dance studio from 11 years old. I always knew. So I always I already saw it. I was manifesting it in my head. I saw things of how it was going to look, the color of the walls. And but I never thought it would be in the city of Alhambra. You know, I knew it. But that position just came to me. But um, that's how that came about. So when I opened it, it wasn't an overnight thought where it seemed like it, but it was, you know, 12 whatever years in the making from mm -hmm. that moment. So my next question is, so you had Fit Factor after that. Is that the next brick and mortar that you had after JV? Yeah, but okay. there were businesses in between there too. Right, right, right. So what was your download? Because I remember when you were still doing JV, I remember hearing Fit Factor. And then I thought, okay, now she has this Fit Factor studio. What in between, what, what was your, I guess you can say, uh, yeah, your download as far as like your inspiration as to going from dance and then going into the Fit Factor studio. One of the big pivotal moments was I was so sick, literally physically sick. I had bronchitis for one year. I coughed an entire year. I was so stressed out because I was living, breathing that business. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to just like exaggerate. I'm serious. Seven days a week. I literally lived in the studio. I had a couch. I would sleep there. I did everything to build that business from not knowing how to run a business. I had never taken a business course. So I killed myself. And this was probably two years into JV, two years. And I was performing at a at the Staples Center. It was either the Clipper game or the Avenger football, something like that. And I'm on the field or the whatever it's called. And I'm coughing up. I'm like, I had like mono. It was awful. And I just kept going and going. I never stopped. And when we got off the, the performance, something hit me like, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. Literally kill. Not like metaphorically, like you're actually going to die. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment where it started to spiral, I guess, down or up or whatever, however what you want to think, right? Down is actually like I, is a good thing for right. me, but, but it started to spiral from there. And it was that moment where I started to think about selling the business or getting out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, even though I sold it like six, eight years later than that moment for four, six years, nobody knew that inside I would wanting to get out. 
Okay. Cause I knew I'm like, if I don't get out, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself. So I knew that after, when I did sell it, I knew that the next brick and mortar business would be much easier on me. It had to be so simple. And that's why the fit factor had no front desk. We didn't handle any cash. It was so simple. That was the reason why I started that. And I wanted to change to adults. It was a conscious decision to go, I'm going to go from kids, you know, 75% kids at JV, and I'm going to go to 100% adults at the Fit Factor. And I want to work with adults, and I want to work with women predominantly who are not your fitness girls, who are not your dancers. They're your girl next door, and I want to facilitate her. That's how that started and the reasoning behind why to keep it so simple. And it's funny because even after the fit factor, closing that, I still, I want to make it more simple than that, you know? So every business I keep doing, I make it simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler. Let's have a run through of the businesses you've had. Okay. Um, (laughs) We're going to do a quick rapid fire of what I can remember. Mm -hmm. The King of Pop maxed out showcase. Then it was maxed out dance competition, JV dance center, Street Tees, Street Tees DVDs, Queen V Entertainment, Queen V themed cruise parties, Main Fest, Music Festival, Alhambra Pumpkin Run, The Fit Factor, Booze Cruises, which oh. the Queen V, and then the Get Up Girl, now Latina Fit, <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> And um, Dance Your Life mm-hmm. podcast. Now, there's probably some little little things in there that have never really been birthed. You know, I've maybe been pregnant with them, but not they haven't been birthed. But that's all I can remember. All right, let's get deep here. From all the businesses that you've had, which one is the one? And I don't, I, I hate using the word regret. Yeah. Okay? Because I don't think we ever really regret stuff like that. Which is the one that you feel like it hurt you the most? Like, ugh. Main Fest. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about that if you'd like to. Main Fest, I believed in Santa Claus. Mm. Okay. That was my, my iPhone of Steve Jobs. You know, like you just believed in it. Mm. And every single person was pulling me down and telling me that it couldn't happen. And I had such fire in my belly. Every other business, people told me it wasn't going to work. But this one, there was a fire in my belly. I was listening to my intuition, my knowing that this wanted to be birthed. Mm -hmm. It was talking to me loudly. And in order to close down the streets and bring the band that I wanted to bring, that's a whole other story. Because the first time I saw Capital Cities live... I had a download. I didn't know what it was yet. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I saw them live, I go, there's something about them. And that was the same band that I booked. Right. And when the people at the marketing place said, oh, you'll never book them. Like, you just won't. I again, I knew God, life, universe was like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just just follow it. Follow it. Follow it. And having it come to fruition by the end, having that moment. And I did so much visioning, so much meditating about that one moment. I envisioned that moment of standing there in the front, watching the band. That moment when it actually happened was like so much solidification of like, damn, I did it. Right. And even everybody looked at me and said, "Uh, you did it. I was there. And I was thinking that about you. Like I couldn't even believe. And in Alhambra, that was that was such a great day. Remember that, that like great. that moment where he's like, mm-hmm. "You did it, we did it, oh my god, we did it." It's it's in, uh, it's difficult to articulate. You know, everybody has that moment. You listen to so many stories, but man, that was our like one of those movies, the Rocky movie. It was such a Rocky movie of the end. You know, little mm-hmm. scene coming together, mm-hmm. and then the second year. Here's where it flopped, I stopped listening to me. I listened to everybody around me. I hired different people year two. And I, I know exactly, now that I can see it aerial view, I knew exactly where it flop, started to flop, where I lost it. I wasn't Joanna. 
I was listening to everybody around me. I was picking bands that people outside told me to pick. And I'm looking back and I, that Joanna in 2016 would have never chosen that band. But this 2017 Joanna, who is she? I, I started to buy opinions, buy people's thoughts, and it started going downhill. And so when I canceled it, I went into such a, I don't even want to say depression because that doesn't even give it validity. I'm going to say terror, anxiety, anxiety doesn't even give it validity. The, the feeling of failure was so prominent. I, it's difficult for me to explain how deep that was. I felt like the worst absolute human being on this planet out of 8 billion people, Joanna Vargas is the worst one. Mm. And so I'm proud of myself now that I'm standing here mm. because that was terror, not terrifying, terror. Can you imagine a gun being held to your head, right? Let's just think about it. That terror. I had that terror after canceling it and there's no gun to my head. That's the kind of terror I lived in. And every day I, I came out a one millimeter out and then another millimeter out and then another millimeter out. So financially getting out was difficult, but mentally was like a gazillion times more difficult. And uh, in my interesting point of view, I don't think anybody got it. And of course, they're not going to understand. That's not their responsibility. But I felt very alone because it was like, eh, suck it up, Joanna, whatever. And I'm like, dude, I've sucked up a million things. This one, like I lost a quarter million dollars, $250,000. Now, that was just on that business. Don't, I mean, put out all the other businesses all together. I've probably lost or invested half a million dollars in all my businesses, mm -hmm. right? And then when I talk to my other girls that own businesses much higher than I am, they're like, oh, girl, that's nothing, right? So it puts it in a perspective of if I want to play with the big girls and Beyonce, then half a million, I have to change my point of view of what half a million dollars is, yeah. you know? So somebody might go, oh, my, because all the time I get DMs all the time. Jo you know, Joanna, I'm, I'm going to buy this coaching program or I'm going to invest in this coach. I'm like, cool. And they're like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, try them all. You know, they're like, I don't know, but it's like $200. I'm like, girl, if you're afraid of $200, I, I, I can't have that. It's difficult for me to have that conversation with you. Cause again, it's who you surround yourself with. So when I surround myself with my friends that are like, Oh, half a million dollars, that's nothing. And then there are people of $200 is a lot. Uh, but let's get real. That's what it is. That's what it was. And I was afraid to say that number. Now I'm, I'm removing the charge behind the number. I'm removing it every time I tell the story mm -hmm. so that can people can get it and understand, you know, uh, of what actually happened. Yeah. Like it's going to happen regardless, you know, yeah. what, at any business. And if you talk to any business owner, they're going to have the same stories. Like the more you're successful, I think the more times you fail, then you're successful. Mm. If you're successful 10 times, well, then you're probably failed 30 times, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, that's why it's, it's, I see it as a gamble. And, but the word gamble doesn't give it the right, you know, energy, but that's the best I can find, you know, where it's like, yeah, I, I totally believe that this roulette is going to hit 20. And so I'm mm -hmm. putting my number on 20. Mm -hmm. It's like that. But people that wait for it to be perfect, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I notice is that in this reality of 2020, it's very sexy to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. Hashtag mompreneur, girl boss. Not everybody's meant to be a gambler. If you're not, if you're scared, scared money don't make money, right? And it's a cool, it cool because if we were all the queen bees, then there would be no bees right. to make the honey. Exactly. And so I think that I am pro employee. I'm like, yeah, be proud to be like, let's do hashtag employee, hashtag staff, right? Let's make that sexy rather than the mom bosses are sexy. What about the employees? You know, and I'm on the other side. I'm going, I think. The, the staff are actually what make this world go round. But right now what's sexy is the boss. And I'm like, be the boss for one day. And you guys like be my, have my Being life. Be your own boss. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what. Yeah.
Shout out to everybody that would like to be the staff and the ones supporting the queen bee. Mm -hmm. No, that is completely correct. And it's pretty much with everything, you know, um, if it was so easy, everybody could have been doing it. Little, those quotes. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Well, next question is what are you most passionate about when it comes to running your own business? I am most passionate about, God, that's a good one. Seeing the change and the shift in clients. I'm really passionate about that. I'm passionate about seeing something created. It's just like a mother seeing her baby for the first time. Mm. That's mine. I love seeing my baby for the first time being born. And I see her, I like seeing her and him grow up. That's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about a legacy, mm-hmm. seeing my team create stuff after me. Mm-hmm. Um, my team I see as like almost like clients, meaning, you know, I see them grow as well and myself change and grow. That's what makes me most passionate is never staying the same. Yeah, that's actually correct. And it's uh, when you talk about not just your your staff members, but within your business, the, the clients or even you could call it your fam because they become your family. Uh, because they also support your business, especially with Fit Factor. When you start seeing, like you said, the legacy, but when you start seeing their positive energy and their their response, their positive response, I think that's also part of it too. Because like, oh shoot, like I'm actually doing something right here. And yeah. the ripple effect that they have. Mm. Like, you know, what's really cool is when I meet somebody's husband or kids and they're like, my mom always talks about you or Mm. my mom's different now because of you. It's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like the the power that that we are and the possibilities and capabilities that we have. Oh, yeah. And and I'd like to give you a shout out, too, because even with the our directors for CA Dynasty, when they know you and they don't even know you. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, like the husbands, he's like, I feel like I know you. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just great to to know, to for I'm, I'm pretty sure your side of things, it's great for you to see that when, especially with us, how Esther and I are training our directors, but it's because you've trained us. So we're taking that and then training others and then they're going to do the same. Legacy. Yeah. Ripple effect legacy. And then they're going to go train there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Esther is one of our teammates. She's here yeah. in case everybody's like, who is Esther? <laughs> Not Esther Hicks. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I completely agree with you about legacy. Yes. That's actually one of my favorite things too. The next question is, what is the biggest challenge as an entrepreneur and how are you going to overcome it if you haven't overcome it? Biggest challenge for me as an entrepreneur is finding or uh, uniting with a man that gets it, Mm. that gets this lifestyle, that gets this mindset, that is excited for this life. Um, That's what I feel challenging. So it's not really even with the business. Right. I mean, the business, yes, is challenging, but that's as an entrepreneur, I find that for me, the most challenging. Mm. Uh, it's almost like, <laughs> again, I don't I'm just throwing that out there. I'm a mom and I have seven kids. Let's say my mom had seven kids. Oh, OK. <laughs> let's, see. <laughs> and let's say your mom's out there dating yeah. Yeah. and the men are like, "Ooh, I like you. And then all of a sudden they're like, you have seven kids. And then they oh, run yeah. mm-hmm. and then they're going to run. Mm-hmm. I kind of see that with men. And yeah. I wonder where he is, what else is possible, because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Until they see the behind the scenes, they're like, oh, you really do that. Oh, and then they might run. So what else is possible? And where is that man? Mm, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Hit us up in the DMs. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. <laughs> We're serious. <laughs> yeah. We're damn serious. We're going to write a song. <laughs> and that's for the three of us. For Esther, yes. myself, and Joanna. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Who's Esther? <laughs> All right, let's go with our next question. What is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? In entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Biggest surprise. Oh, dang, this is good. (laughs) Mm, Biggest surprise. Wow. Okay, 
I'm going to go with this. First thing to come to mind. The biggest surprise that I've had is the economy, how the world is turning, how it's literally changing every 24 hours, every five minutes as an entrepreneur, it's changing and growing with it and studying. Mm. Imagine if you were a doctor Mm -hmm. and you're a brain surgeon Mm -hmm. and you're like, we do brain surgery this way. Oh, next week we're going to do brain Mm -hmm. surgery this way. It's like, what? That's as an entrepreneur the last couple months. I mean, I'm listening to so many podcasts and like the deep, deep entrepreneur podcasts that are like, we're going to talk about the real stuff, the, the, the stuff that people don't want to talk about the ugly stuff. Mm. Right. And about, um, like literally how the algorithm, on social media and um, Amazon is almost like Edison. It's not even a business anymore. It's a commodity. It's an entity, but it's still taking over. Just things of that nature, mm-hmm. learning that, that is the biggest surprise and like, oh gosh, okay, seriously, Joanna, are you ready to do this for the next 10 to 20 years? Because stuff is going to change even more. Fashion and social media also. I'm just saying because it's the same thing as everyone always says fashion keeps changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing. Social media, same thing. And with that being said, uh, I remember when we had the meeting and you were talking about, oh, yes, this is how it is in social media now. This is how it is with hashtags now. And it's like, oh, shoot, Uh there's more to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something to learn. Always. And within the business, you need, for those of you out there that don't have social media, let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to miss the boat, miss Mm -hmm. the train. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. How do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things as a business owner? Podcasts every day. And let's get real. Like every day I study at least three hours a day. Mm. And Bill Gates. Bill Gates reads eight hours a day. So I'm behind. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he's studying. Study, 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 study. And he'll make like one choice. Meaning everybody else is working. He's the queen bee and he will make one choice a day. You know what? Green or red? Red. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know? Uh, but it's like that saying, Abraham Lincoln, if somebody wants me to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend, I don't, I'm going to chop this quote up, but three hours sharpening the knife and one hour chopping the tree. Mm. That's so with learning and podcasts. Three hours a day, I'm listening and learning, maybe even four, because four hours of my morning routine, and then I read every day, and then even the television I watch. I watch television as I'm learning. I don't really watch it for, uh, like, for fun. Even if it's a fun movie, I'm still watching it as like, how did they make that? And gosh, how did they produce that? And oh, listen to them. Yeah. How did, how did, wow, somebody, they hired that person for the music. Good job. I'm looking at it through those entrepreneur rose-colored glasses. So to answer your question, it is all the time. Conversations, masterminds. I have, gosh, probably four coaches. I don't know how many coaches I have. So many, you know, but yeah, that's what I do. This is not overnight. This is 20 years in the making. So don't go. If you're new, go get four coaches. Please don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Start with one. Just finish one. And um, anyway, that's disclaimer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, no way. (laughs) Thanks for scaring me, Joanna. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to, again, just show the, the, the difference and the distinction. But again, like you want this life you want. Well, it takes a certain, come on, you know? Yeah. So let's get real. It's not going to be overnight. It's not, yeah. Again, let's get real. I think so many people that are uh, influencers of, of that nature or leaders or mentors, they're at Z already or really far ahead. And we want to get there. And they don't, it's like, tell us that, look, I'm Santa Claus and you're not going to be Santa Claus overnight. You know, I'm a unicorn. This is a little bit different. You can be in a unicorn too, but give yourself time. I don't think that's said enough. Well, you know, just like when you're starting a habit. When you want to start a habit to become the person you want to be in 10 years, that's what, why you start habits little by little. And it's like the book we read. Yeah. You know, you're going to start a habit. Cool. That's great. Give it some time. Patience. That's the person you're going to be if you continue with that habit. But you have to continue with that habit in order to be that person in a few years. Amen. I mean, right now I'm working on my body for my 50s. Mm-hmm. Right now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, I can already see when I'm in my fifties, what am I going to look like? What am I going to dress like? I already know in my fifties, I want to wear like cute summer dresses and I want to look like JLo and I still want to be strong enough to wear heels. I never want to have that saying of, oh, I'm in my fifties. Gosh, if I ever say that, take me to the corner and just punch me. So yes, absolutely. But that's not sexy, Salome. That doesn't sell. Right. Hey, sign up for my fitness class because you'll look good in 10 years. Right. You know, so... But you know what? You'll feel good at that time, you know, because yeah. no, it, until I, the 10 years right. you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm also saying that taking the habit, it'll, you will feel good if you're if in the mindset. If you switch your mindset and start thinking more positive, that's who I'm going to be or that's how I'm working to be. You're already ahead. You're, if you change that little 0.5%, right? Mm-hmm. You're still, you're still on the way. You're still on your way. And that's okay. And that's totally okay. While taking your your fitness classes the first day, heck yeah, it felt so good when I when you had the brick and mortar. And I took it the first time. I, re- I remember telling you I cried because I felt so good. Now, was I going to lose 10 pounds a day? No, <laughs> but it felt really good because it felt like the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. And that's always so nice to have. Yeah, it's like the beginning of a relationship when you meet somebody and you're all in love and you're in the honeymoon stage. What if we looked at it like that? Mm. Your new habit is the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. But we think sometimes or want the honeymoon stage to be I already have it. Mm -hmm. But the honeymoon is the getting there is the journey. Mm -hmm. Just like in golf. If I'm a golf professional and I move my club. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My club one millimeter. That is the difference Mm -hmm. between the ball going you know, here or like hundreds of yards in a different direction from one millimeter moving your club. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. What about life? One millimeter change in a habit, A to B, stop going A to Z. It's a lie. Mm -hmm. Small, 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 small and consistent, small and consistent. It's such a cliche. It's so necessary and needed. Mm hmm. Woo! That was great. We have one last question for the party section. Party. And that is, what's been the downfall in the last year and how did you overcome it? Give it to me. Oh, God. Two is closing the fit factor, but the worst one is losing the love of my life. That was the worst. So I've had two heartbreaks this year. Yeah. Those were the hardest. And there's still, there's still flashbacks and right here, so close. And every day I'm like, gosh, a millimeter further, but it's still very fresh. Those are the most. And having those interject into the business, you know, but also losing the fit factor, um, that, w- that was the hardest. Now, I know I asked you how did you overcome it? Obviously, you oh. didn't overcome it, but are you doing something to help you overcome it? Yeah. I mean, I do so many things, right? I am the get up girl and every day I do something to get back up, but I'm not there yet, but I'm not in, I'm not in the darkness. There are moments of darkness, but I'm not in the darkness any longer. Mm -hmm. And the moments of darkness are shorter. Mm -hmm. So things that I do are small habits. I will take a bath. I walk in the mornings. Everything that we already talked about helps get me there. Uh, I have a girlfriend that I will call asking for help. I just saw a new doctor yesterday. I see two of my doctors. I just had my blood drawn again because I have Epstein-Barr virus and I think I had a, a, uh, like a trigger again. So it's asking for help. I went to the doctor and I said, look, I'm feeling tired. Help me. Let, let, let's draw my blood again. Let's do it. Haven't done it where I wouldn't have done that three, four, five years ago. Mm. I was the non-doctor girl. I was the non-ask for help girl. I got this. Let's go back to the bronchitis for one year. Mm. What? Didn't ask for help. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, so it seems to me that you take care of yourself a lot more. You're more aware of what you need in your body, your health. Uh, you do more checkups on you yourself, and that's great mm-hmm. because huh, we all need that. Mm-hmm. A lot of awareness, a lot of talking to myself, mm-hmm. like talking to my body. And I've talked about this a couple times when we talk to plants, 
You know, how many studies have shown that when we play music and classical music for plants or you talk to plants, that they actually will grow mm -hmm. because they're living and breathing things, trees. Mm -hmm. And people go, oh, that's woo-woo. No, that's science. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care what you call it. It's science and it's the truth and there's scientific well, facts. Well, that's life. It's life. So do you think our bodies are any different? And how often do we speak so badly to our bodies? Every time we're naked, we look in the mirror and we will say something not very kind. How many times? Right? So at least once a day, maybe twice a day. Like every time you look in the mirror, every time you look down, every whatever it is, when you pass a mirror, like, oh, I hate my butt or whatever. What if you were to say that to that plant? It's the same thing. So even those little things, talking to myself mm -hmm. and going, okay, what do you need? What is required? What can you do right now, Joanna? Do you need to cry? Do you, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Oh, that was great. I loved the party. <laughs> Let's wrap it up into after going into party. the after party. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> the first question is, what are some tips you would give to someone who is having tough beginnings on starting their own business? First tip would be start small and stay consistent. Keep going. One client will turn into two. Two clients will turn into four. Four clients will turn into eight. And sometimes four to turn into eight can take months. And eight will turn into 16. And 16 will turn into, you get the point, mm -hmm. right? But if you really think one client is going to turn into 100, some of you, what else is possible? I wonder. Yet, most likely, it's not going to happen that way. Keep plugging away and keep being consistent. Key. I mean, look at me. I'm starting all over from scratch and I'm doing my 30 day meditation challenge. And I'm like, okay, we're starting with 10 people live tomorrow. We're going to go to 11 people. The next day we go to nine people. The next we're going to go to 12 people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've had 5,000 people at main fest and I'm starting all over again with 10 people because it's something new. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows me for meditation yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to get to main fest of 5,000 people, that was a whole other business. And so I'm so happy and grateful for those 10. And I know those 10 will turn to 11 to 12 to 13 to 14. And I got to stay consistent. And that's why I chose the 30 days. I chose it for me yet for everybody else. I want to serve, but I know for me, it's keeping me consistent as a business owner. And I'm like, I actually like this. This is really good. That's the biggest advice I would give. Do something that's going to help you. But if you go into business only wanting you, how much money am I going to make? Girl, you're going to crash and burn. How can you serve? And do you want to do this for the next five years? And try it. Is this for you? You might go, I hate it. I want to go back to a job. Cool. We need worker bees. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be the queen bee. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest advice. And surround yourself with people. Get into a mastermind. Get into a group. Get into a coaching. Get into something. It's so cliche, yet do it. And is this for you? Just give it a whirl. Mm -hmm. Is this really for you? I have so many friends that go, this ain't for me. But yet they kind of bow out like this. Mm. Instead of going, you know what? I tried it and I like that next. Or maybe try a different business. But how much did you gain out of it? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's, you, okay, you didn't. Okay, you tried it and you did gain something out of it. And that's yeah. great. You learned it. Mindset, yeah. mindset. Hmm. Next thing is, what are some business podcasts and or books you would like to share or recommend? Okay, Think and Grow Rich should be in everybody's Bible, even if you're not a business owner. The Four Agreements as well. But as a business owner, uh, no, I'm just going to say any book. Doesn't matter. The Slight Edge, Atomic Habits, gosh, uh, and I'm going to say those four. Okay. And podcasts, um, for business and for sales, I'm going to recommend The Wolf's Den. That's Jordan Belford. He's the one from The Wolf of Wall Street, mm. the real guy mm -hmm. that it's based on. Mm -hmm. I love his podcast. And um, it's very red energy. It's the male energy. So I tap into his to get that energy. Then I recommend Chris Harder's For the Love of Money podcast about money and those are the two I'm going to recommend. Now, personally, when I need to go into business, I pull from men podcasts, male, and then, um, then I'll pull to female podcasts. 
that's probably 75% female that I listen to and then 2% men. But those are the the two that I recommend for business. Mm. Okay. Uh, one of our last questions. Well, at, the last actual question is describe your perfect vacation or if you've already had your perfect vacation, what was it? Perfect vacation would be on the beach in Mexico with hot men all around me <laughs> with my girlfriends eating guacamole and tacos and drinking tequila and margaritas and listening to fun music and going out dancing to like 80s and 90s mm. music in Mexico. And that is the best vacation. Yes. Mm. And waking up and taking a walk on the beach. That sounds fun. It'll happen. <laughs> Last but not least, any shout outs? I'm going to give a shout out to everyone who has played a part on my journey, who has believed in my crazy dreams, who has worked for me or volunteered or come to my house and help fold papers. I mean, anything. Because uh, I used to ask everybody and anybody of my friends to come volunteer. I was that girl like, will you come and help me? And so many people have even played one hour or 10 hours of a part or a couple years of their lives. Shout out to everybody. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, that is the end of our interview, Joanna. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. That was fun, Solomon. <laughs> Thank you. That was part one. Yeah, that was part one. Okay, and then we're going to come back for part two. So everybody come back from part two. If there was something that stood out for you on this podcast, please screenshot it and tag Joanna Vargas Official on Instagram and let us know what your takeaways were mm -hmm. from this show. Right? And we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Salome, for doing this. You're I appreciate welcome. it. welcome. Thank you. All right, part two. On to it. I remember, girls, to get back up. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.